0: My key? Philosophy. A freak like me just needs infinity. Whatever you think that you are, you're probably not that. You're probably so 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 much more 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 than than that. Welcome back to Philosopher's Moan. I'm Blair. And you're you. you. Yay! Thank you for joining me again for another episode of Philosopher's Moan. Yay! I've had a bit of a request to talk about existentialism and attachment styles. I am no professor on the subject, but I'm pretty sure existentialism is essentially like free will. That individuals exist from a state of, you know, freedom. That anything they do is a force of the individual's will. So fate and destiny is something you would create for yourself. It wouldn't be predestined because free will would intercept any premeditated fate. Personally, I subscribe to the idea that we've got free will, we can change the whole deck of cards at any present moment, but I also believe everything happens for a reason and there is a bit of a order to the destiny. So maybe I believe there are layers There are layers. We are onions. We have layers. Where is Shrek and Donkey when you need them? So I'm thinking on a very blown out layer, you know, everything is going according to plan. It's all like, you know, decided. It's already happened. It's already done. It's all good. It's all one. It's all wonderful. To scale that layer, we're like tiny little ants. So it almost doesn't even matter what we do. It's all gonna happen. It's already happened. It's all good. But then, as the little ants that we are, we can like send a ripple, like a bend in the timelines, in the time frames. Only from like a very serious force of will, a serious force, a flex of our freedom, can we then recode the destiny already planted for us? I like to see it as we are the computer software, we are completely in the coding we have very little uh, movability outside of the coding. But we, we are also the person writing the coding and the machine itself. And so if we can navigate the different layers, we can kind of tinker with our destiny using free will, but that it is kind of like layered out that it's not linear, like you would have to flex more outer layer free will to really influence your little ant life destiny that makes sense accessing the higher dimensions of your being allowing you more freedom in deciding the fate all interwoven together all of us all of our fates together there's like some power position there if you can maybe evolve to those layers of consciousness (laughs) i think of it as like um if if you're uh the software program and you're also like the little character or the mouse moving around in the software it's like becoming aware that you are also the system running the software and so then like one second you're just the software being like ugh all of this is so hard to process and then the next second you're like oh i am running the whole software and i have all this hardware and this machinery allowing me to actually put myself in front of the screen and I can just change the whole coding of the program. It's like, congratulations, you are now designing your destiny, whee! And then it's like, aha, have fun with that responsibility. Ha. God's plan. It can be so much easier to just, you know, not play with your destiny, just let it all be. You don't have control. It's kind of easier this way you don't feel the burden of, of life but truly for all we know we are a dream the universe is having we are a figment of the imagination of some other being and those figments of imagination became self-aware and then this is now what we call life just living in the mind of some deity <laughs> I like that analogy because it does kind of give way to just how magical the world is how unique and bizarre it is we don't have anything to compare it to in our hardware as a human but it, it is a weird little fun place hey we are living the dreams of the gods and it's like well we might as well Live out the dreams of the gods, the real dreams, not the nightmares. Avoid creating nightmares for the gods. They are just sleeping. Don't worry about them. They're having a nice little rest. They have other important god things to do. We're just hanging out in their mind, you know, like being little imaginative, weird little human creatures that we are. We, <laughs> And that is the beauty of being this incredible piece of natural technology that like... Oh, we have human hands, we have so much power, and such big brains, we can do so much, oh, we're so big, we've got a bajillion, trillion cells, all just leeching onto us for some love and attention, like, please love me, I'm making you be alive. We are truly like a whole universe in itself, a whole ecosystem operating in such wonderful, laws of nature to keep us alive so much things involuntary on autopilot and yet we are tiny 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 little ants to the stars to the solar systems the galaxies beyond we are this little insignificant thing that gets to play out some big drama called a life and create love and experience these very micro but very important metaphysical interactions we have such unique tools to create experience feelings love literal you know create movies a podcast create a freaking canvas of art create a family create a company a corporation we can create we must create we must create i well i just bumped my head bonk it is it is funny how like we are so fragile, despite how complex and complicated we are. Just bonk on the head, bye, you're dead. Oh, <laughs> don't I don't know why I find death so funny. It's like it's I, I really don't think I have a dark sense of humor, but sometimes I think dying is just this like huge joke the universe plays. <laughs> it's like, hey, universe, I think your stupid joke called death is hilarious. Ha we are all dying slowly like a slow trip to the forehead we are dying Ah, isn't it glorious that we're all dying in this little earth globe together hey this brings me to the next topic attachment Mm. we are so attached to life that death does not seem funny at all. It is the worst thing. We do not want to die, we love life. We are living, we are breathing and we are not dying and we are gonna live our lives in spite of the incoming doom that is death. Because this life is all we know and then we grip on to the love and we're like that is all I need and want and there is love here so I do not want to die because I do not know for sure if there is love on the other side or the whatever it is so we clench our fists and we hang on for dear life <laughs> dear life I wish you had told me about the beautiful ways I'm not the best at falling. Most of the time, the best hiding the mistakes. Sometimes I wish I was blind to see the eldest beauty. Excuse me, that was completely uncalled for, but then I just had to finish it, like the whole little segment of the song. It's called Dear Life, Clap Tone. Yeah, okay, anyway. Attachment styles. Okay, so, so I actually don't know anything about attachment theory, which I've now had to Google, and... It's about, there's four main attachment styles. Secure, anxious, avoidant, and fearful avoidant. Or secure, avoidant, anxious, and disorganized. It's four different groups. uh, And it's describing, you know, like a healthy childhood and how it leads to relationships you have as an adult. Seems to me it's describing like what you were programmed as a poke, as a coping mechanism for your childhood. All the like things you were unaware of is why you behave the way you do as a kid, because your attachment style to reality. So you're either avoiding and dismissing problems as like not real, just pretend they're not there, or you're preoccupied only with problems in a state of anxiety that there is something always wrong. They also do like an attachment test to make sure you're not a psychopath when you're a kid, because basically if you don't anchor on to your main caregiver and at least have some form of attachment to them it kind of kind of like means like okay why are you like some kind of free agent who doesn't even care to be alive you're a little flesh baby why are you not nervous when your main caregiver is gone it's an important phase in a child's development to express uh, a need for their caregiver it shows that they can you know feel love and feel Attachment. I guess attachment is really important to humans. We are attached to each other no matter what what we do about it. Uh, Sorry, Buddha. We can't all be detached from everything. As an adult, as a functioning, fully grown human, groaned, (laughs) we should question our attachment style. Do I attach to things out of fear? Do I attach to things out of a sense of security? Am I anxious about how things are going that I'm clinging on to stuff, people, habits that aren't actually serving me any good? Do I maintain relationships out of feeling a lack of self-worth that by keeping the relationships I am more valuable? Do I avoid relationships from a sense of control that therefore I can't be hurt or there isn't any unpredictability? Do I actively seek relationships to validate myself? Do I overcompensate because I don't wanna feel like a burden in relationships? Do I close myself off because I don't want anyone close enough to have the ability to understand or hurt me? These are all important questions for the adult to have uh, because a lot of it is subconscious behaviors you, you might not know you're totally active actively doing because it comes from deep-rooted childhood stuff trauma just patterns habits blah 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 in the vague sense I struggle with the idea of attachment because you know like with Buddhism It's all about not having attachment because then everything comes and goes freely and there is no disappointment or expectation. So you can always appreciate it to the fullest. That's great and all, but um, some of the best things in life require attachment. Okay, like, come on, best friends, best lovers, family, careers, hobbies. You got to be attached to love. You're not attached to love. Like, what what the heck are we doing? Well, I mean, I guess the idea is that you can be detached and still full of love for all the stuff, all the people, all the things. <laughs> but in that way, I guess I think of detachment as more like just like not controlling. I don't know. I think it's a bit fundamentally human to like, you know, attach to other humans and, you know, really feel emotionally upset or great about things that happen to them what the heck buddha are you like a psychopath are you just gonna be totally detached what, what about the baby in a basket in a river of crocodiles Oh, so just whatever i'm imagining buddha just like laughing <laughs> at a helpless baby like swimming with crocodiles buddha's just like no attachment here I am, I am a figment of god's, of god's imagination Oh, <laughs> okay that's going to be the end of part one even though I don't know why we have parts because it's just part two is always a surprise like oh part two here it is now it's starting right now after I say this did you miss me did you miss me for that two second break breakup now we're in part two welcome welcome to part two I was just uh eating some dried blueberries (laughs) dried blueberries I love the word blueberries blueberries on the packaging, it was like, with Fresh Lock. And it's like, what, What with Fresh Lock? Oh, you mean just like a ziplock bag? That's, you're gonna call it Fresh Lock technology. <laughs> I also have stuff like that on like dish soap or like laundry detergent. It'll be like, with the new twist cap. Boom, bang, bong. This is the most spectacular technology that now children can't eat the Tide Pods with our, you know, twist lock. Incoming fresh technology. It's a resealable bag. Has anyone has anyone had Sham Wow? That was a thing. That seemed like pretty good technology. It was just like a towel, though. It was literally a towel that you used to wipe stuff, but it was the most magical towel based on the info commercial. Shamwow. Hi, it's Vince with Sham Wow. saying wow every time you use this towel i resent that i've never used a sham wow towel if anyone has ever used a sham wow towel please tell me do you say wow when you use it if you were a towel i would use you and say wow what the heck was that that's not even funny that wasn't even a joke i don't even know what that was these are the mysteries of the human mind like where does some of this random crap come from that just comes up in your head you're like what the heck I haven't done my breathing exercises today yet. And that sounds so, that sounds so like something. Not everyone does breathing exercises, but I do them. I do them all the time. Clearly not, because I need to do it still. I need to go do my breathing exercises, you know why? Because when I do my breathing exercises, I feel cleared of anything that doesn't feel like my vibe. You know, I like to cleanse myself of any bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. For me, that's like the practical goal of meditation, breathing exercises, the Wim Hof method, and the mindfulness of being present. It's to keep in a homeostasis, a sort of balance of your like unique original energy, and then all this other stuff you just don't even realize you've adopted into your like sphere. <laughs> <laughs> I think of it as like, um, Like raking the sand of your mind clean again, you know, like keeping it a fresh canvas instead of having all these like weird little designs on it that a lot of them are maybe chaotic some of us are super sensitive and we absorb people's energy and we don't even realize we're doing it and the next thing you know you're all sad and anxious or like stressing out about things that you don't even know what what they even are and you're like wait why why am i like oh oh yeah because i was bombarded by someone else's vibe and now i feel their feelings too much it is an art form in itself managing how you feel, how someone else feels, how you bring authentic energy to these interactions, and then once they're over, how you leave still with, you know, your true energy and not being bogged down by other people's problems, woes, worries, or, you know, just their general state of mind. Some, sometimes it's hard. You get lost in, like, but the world is a crazy place. There's all kinds of crazy stuff going on. All kinds of crazy problems. So... We need to breathe, we need to breathe through the world problems. All together we must breathe and clear ourselves of all of the bad in the world. (laughs) I I know how like silly and hippy-dippy it sounds but it actually like I'm telling you it really works to like really... Surrender! Surrender! Surrender to the present moment. You breathed in deeply. I like the Wim Hof method and you just, you know, you like squeegee yourself out. You let you let it all come and go. We're just catching and releasing what builds up throughout the day. Let your mind be open and free to all the love coming into your life every new day. You know, one thing that I like to do that I think is a healthy practice for all humans to do is think of someone you know, a really good friend, a close family member, or just like someone you admire maybe you don't even know them that well A few interactions and just like imagining all of the compliments and flattering things you can think of about them I find it really uplifting because not only then do I feel like warmth in my chest of like oh like that person is just so wonderful for these little details and you kind of have to like uh, make all those details surface but you can like vividly think about that and then um a you lose a bit of the self-absorbed sense of self where you're like constantly you know insecure nervous about if you're doing your best in life or if you're actually as great as you hope that you are or could be and it puts in perspective that you probably aren't appreciating those details about yourself you might not even know what they are but it's nice then to observe wonderful details of someone how they act, behave, their mannerisms, what they've said, what they think or feel and like appreciating those details. It, uh, it's just a good way to generate love when it's authentic and true. Um, and it's always about the little things, isn't it? Uh, sorry. There's like a lawn crew outside or something. (laughs) I just love when people have such different interests to mine. I I freaking love to hear people talk about things they love to talk about and then uh, just watching someone you know and they're communicating about something they think is really cool or fascinating I love it I especially love when it's about ideas or like topics of interest and not about people or places it's like so much more interesting that way thank you so much for listening to me moan by the way this is so fun for me and I hope it's fun for you too, but yeah, here we are together, tee It is time for Philosopher's, Philosopher's Poem. poem. Loki, this is something I never would have thought I'd be doing in fourth grade. Like, yeah, I'm gonna just read out poems I've written. <laughs> this one is called Crescent Moon Eyes. How cause and effect can be reversed. You won't grow without some kind of thirst and the rain never asks to be reimbursed. The sincerity, this life I've never rehearsed, but I chose it like with the gods I conversed. I'm everyone in all these bodies, like I'm dispersed. The division is the illusion, it's the worst. It's hard to see the purpose when so deep we're immersed, our sweet little egos coerced. Pop my bubble because I get thrills from the burst. My eyes smiling, my lips pursed. Well, that is the end of episode seven. Join me next time. We'll have the best time. It'll be great. I hope you have an incredible day, week, month, year, all the good stuff. All for you. All for us. Yeah.